Genre. podcast where we review and discuss every single episode of Doctor Who, one doctor at a time. I'm Nick Jimenez. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And I'm Scott Corelli. And today on the show, we will be discussing The Visitation, uh, the fourth story of The Fifth Doctor, as uh, uh, iconically played, as always, by Colin Davidson. Colin Davidson. Uh, <laughs> Is that his name? It's What's Peter. his name? Pete Davidson. Oh, it's Colin Baker, Pete Davidson. Yes. Okay. Peter. Cool. Peter Davidson. Yeah. I call him Pete. Petey. You never. You never. You. I don't think you have ever. Ever gotten his name right? Um, <laughs> which one? Peter Davidson. Uh, okay. This one. Yeah. You know. Okay. Um, which it's a shame because iconically I like him a lot. by Colin Davidson. Colin. <laughs> Colin. P- Colin Patrick Fitz. Davidson. Colin. Colin. David Baker. Colin David Baker. (laughs) Joe Don Baker. Oh, Joe Don Baker would be a great doctor. Uh, Uh, Scott, tell us about why this happened. Tell us about what. (laughs) Why did this happen? (laughs) Um, So, uh, back during the 18th season. Um, so way back during the 18th season, yeah, (laughs) around, uh, 1980, John Nathan Turner, uh, was looking for fresh blood to write episodes of, uh, Dr. Who. Sure. And he was told, um, by his, uh, let's see, was it? Yeah. It was Bidmead by Christopher Bidmead, who was the, uh, script editor at the time. Um, that he was a big fan of a radio playwright and short story author named Eric Sayward. And uh, he had primarily written thrillers in the audio medium and had never worked for television before. Um, But when uh, they reached out to him, Sayward agreed to develop a proposal for Doctor Who. And what he came up with was an episode entitled Invasion of the Plague Men. (laughs) (laughs) And it was actually inspired by uh, the work of his former girlfriend who had been studying the architecture during the Great Fire of London. And uh, he was like, oh, yeah, it'd be cool to set a Doctor Who story during that time period because you have the Great Fire and you have the bubonic plague happening right around that same time period. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, let's uh, that'd be that'd be that's a cool hook. Let's do that. Um, And then he also used it as an opportunity to uh, bring in a character that he had created in um, several of his radio plays, a character named Richard Mace, uh, who was a Victorian London detective. Uh, And he 
basically reimagined Richard Mace as a uh, out of work thespian um, for Invasion of the Plague Men. Uh, okay. However, uh, when he turned in this proposal, John Nathan Turner read it and was like, this is crap. We're not hiring this guy. Um, he's thought that it was too much like Talons of Wang Chiang, which is, quote, exactly the kind of whimsical Doctor Who adventure that I do. I want to get rid of. Hmm. So um, he was not hired. Um <laughs> And then uh, for a while, uh, they went along without him. And then at, toward the um, – once they started getting into season 19, mm-hmm. uh, basically they were out of ideas and like, well, let's go back to that invasion of the plague men thing. Uh, and so they asked him to uh, provide a detailed storyline and he amended the title to being called Plague Rats. <laughs> <laughs> which okay i just i can't imagine seeing the doctor who opening and it just you get to the title and it's just called plague rats plague, plague rats. rats that's funny um so also at this point uh it was understood that tom baker would be leaving doctor who so he needed to be sayward needed to be writing this for an as yet unknown fifth doctor along with uh, the lineup of companions of Adric, Tegan, and Nyssa. Uh, so Sayward had to come up with a way to uh, write all of those characters into the script. Um, finally, when he started writing uh, the script and started turning in the uh, the actual episodes, um, he changed the title again, this time to The Visitation. Mm-hmm. And... That's uh, I mean, that's that's basically it. I mean, it, 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 you know, he wrote this story and then around this same time, uh, Bidmead was deciding to leave um, and suggested to Sayward that he should uh, apply for the job of script editor. And as Sayward was like trying to decide whether or not he would do it, uh, J- John Nathan Turner gave the job to Anthony Root as a three-month trainee, um, Anthony Root, who had no, uh, no, no feelings one way or the other as far as whether or not this would turn into a real job, um, he took a different job on another production uh, so that at the end of his three months, uh, he left the show and uh, John Nathan Turner needed someone else. So he thought, well, I guess we'll do this Sayward thing. Um, bring him in a decision that I can't imagine he was thrilled with, uh, at the time or in the future, uh, because they seem to grow to resent each other, um, over the next few, uh, eras of the show. So, you know, especially in the Colin Baker era, they seem to really not get along. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's the sort of origin story of Eric Sayward as um, script editor, I think, following this episode um, and uh, his uh, his his scripting thing. Um, this is like the only time that I, I believe he was ever um, given credit on a Doctor Who script, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I think it's just this one. Interesting. Yeah, because he he actually wrote this one as a writer. And as we know. Um, 
at the time, script editors could not be script writers for weird BBC rules. They couldn't be uh, credited. So. Are there any other kind? Yeah, true, true. Um, and then uh, as far as the episode itself, um, the only bit of uh, interestingness uh, is that um, John Nathan Turner spent a lot of money on the uh, uh, ter- teroleptal costume. <laughs> Um, because he was tired of people saying that Doctor Who monsters looked like pantomime horses. Um, so okay. he, he, they spent a lot of money creating a animatronic, uh, mask thing, um, for are you, the... Are you telling, are you telling me that thing was expensive? Yeah, very. <laughs> very. Damn. Yeah. Very expensive. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's basically, uh, that's basically it. Uh, there's not a whole lot to this. I mean, the big thing that's important about this episode, uh, is the, um, the Eric Sayward connection. Oh, and then of course, uh, it was also John Nathan's Turner's, um, it was his decision to destroy the sonic screwdriver in this episode, which would be the last time we would see the sonic screwdriver until the 1996 TV movie. And how he uses the crap out of that thing. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep. So we, we don't get it again. The, the idea was that he's like, well, I, I just think it makes him, it, it makes everything too easy for the doctor. So let's get rid of it. And, and so, <laughs> but okay. So he gets rid of the sonic screwdriver, but as a replacement, uh, they come up with the idea that the doctor just has anything he needs to solve. Any problem just happens to have it in his pocket at any given moment. So, mm-hmm. uh, so he, he gave up a son- magic sonic screwdriver for magic pockets, I guess. But either way, <laughs> just even less sci-fi than the sonic screwdriver, right? Which is basically magic, right? So it's all very silly. Um, John Ethan Turner, uh, just in general, made a lot of really silly Doctor Who decisions. I think. So, what are you gonna do? Um. So that's where we're at. The visitation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who do who do we want to start with? Who do we want to start with? Well, we want to start with episode one, not a who, right? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know that quote. A Doctor Who. The Visitation, Part One, written by Eric Sayward, directed by Peter Moffat, produced by John Nathan Turner, script edited by Anthony Root, air date. February 15th, 1982. A 17th century family living inside a manor home is disturbed by an unwelcome visitor. Speaking of unwelcome visitors, back on the TARDIS, the doctor chastises Adric about his behavior at the end of the previous story, Kinda, while Adric correctly assumes that Tegan is unhappy with him. Nyssa attempts to soothe Tegan, still recovering from her possession by the Mara and desperate to return to her home of 1980s Australia. The Doctor attempts to finally return Tegan home, but instead the group lands in Australia three centuries too early. They are soon attacked by villagers, causing the group to separate and Adric to stupidly drop his TARDIS homing device. The Doctor then encounters on the road a highwayman named Richard Mace 
whose burgeoning acting career was put on hold during the bubonic plague. Richard Mace takes them to hide out in a barn, where the Doctor and Nyssa find strange power packs and the group goes into the nearby manor to investigate. Inside the manor, they find more power packs, gunpowder, and what appears to be marks left by a high-energy weapon. Nyssa goes back to the front door to let the others into the manor while the Doctor investigates a strange wall. When Nyssa and the others return, the Doctor is nowhere to be found. So, uh, I love that this story starts with family drama. Yes. Um, alcoholic <laughs> father. Uh, the, the, the daughter doesn't seem bothered by this at all, but the son is very upset. Um, yes. About his father's drinking for medicinal purposes. Um, but I just I, I I really love that, and then I also I love the the first person heavy breathing. Yeah, that was um, in my notes too. Yeah, kind of like John Carpenter sort of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, I also love the they have like a butler, and the butler is the first person to run into the first person heavy breathing. And mm-hmm. he screams. Like- <laughs> He's holding a platter of stuff. And he screams and then throws the platter of stuff it's at so the funny. thing. I think oh, it's the, so good. I think the intention was that he drops it, but he clearly, like, tosses it. Like a beanbag. Yeah. It's like, whoop, there uh-huh. it goes. It's really funny. They also... They all are wearing. They all look like live action versions of the villagers in the Shrek movies. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of like the vibe of 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 pretty much every human in in this in this story. (laughs) (laughs) That uh, you know what I mean. That makes sense because, um, well, I mean we'll get to them. I don't. I don't think we get to them until part two. But uh, but heavy breather. He's kind of Shrekish, to be honest. He's Shrek-esque. Yeah, he is Shrek-esque. Um, he's just he's just a fish armadillo looking for his Fiona. Is that what it mm-hmm. is? It, mm-hmm. I've always thought they were like lizard things. Well, he has oh. gills on his neck. He's he's like one of those. Uh, he's like a moray eel. Mm. I just call him a fish armadillo. Um, yeah, no, that's catchy. He's he's got because he's got that armadillo yeah. back, you know. Mm-hmm. He does have an armadillo back. Yeah, and he's got the fish face. Um, Armadillos are the state animal of my uh, home state of Texas. That makes sense. That checks out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we do get introduced though. Uh, while we don't get introduced to fish armadillo, we do get. Uh, the robot that is just made of seemingly random parts. Like he's like, he's like if someone, uh, built a new robot out of a bunch of spare, like alpha fives from power Rangers. Like, like, like the ones that they had to like shut down for being like really violent. Or- <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause he's just really just like kind of like haphazardly put together. Um, mm-hmm. which I'm kind of into, to I be really, honest. And like, he's uh, like bedazzled. Like he's, yeah, he's, he's got he's like very fake bedazzled. gems all over it. And it's really funny. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 
He's very Was that expensive or just the just the fish armadillo mask? I think just the fish armadillo. Huh. He has that animatronic. He's got those animatronic oh. lips. Yeah. I can't imagine. It it almost seems like this poor guy is getting the shaft because of the the resources that they sunk into mm-hmm. armadillo guy. Mhm. Armadillomon. It's true. It's true. But I but I like that they he does look cheap, but he looks cheap on purpose, you know? Yeah, he's he has personality. He reminds me of those um it's like those robots from the black hole. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. They're endearing. Or like our old buddy K9. <laughs> True. Um what a good dog. Um What a good dog indeed. <laughs> so, uh we we in the in the TARDIS, I just I the doctor has absolutely no time for Adric's BS. Um which Yeah. I love how much he just can't stand <laughs> Adric. It's my favorite thing. He he is uh this is like a story wide note, but I I guess it starts in episode one, but the doctor is very much in like single dad at an amusement park mode. In oh story. yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, hundred percent. He's just like he just like doesn't have time for like like why doesn't this like me? No one likes you. Fix yourself. <laughs> and just like no patience for no. this like tiny little genius boy. I think like uh, this it's... it makes sense that. I guess I've never realized that Eric Sayward actually wrote this because it makes sense. Like the two things that I hate the most about the Sayward era are um, the bickering and uh, other people flying the TARDIS, which happens later. Um, Oh yeah. I forgot that. I, you hate that so much (laughs) (laughs) and I'm, I'm definitely not critical of it, but it it is, it is something that I always associate with. Oh yeah. (laughs) I would say, well, but but I would say if anyone is going to fly the TARDIS, I think that there are two people that are acceptable, right? The ma- obviously the master, but that doesn't count because right. Time Lord. But of of two uh, companion type people, there's only two that I, I, I find acceptable. Um, J.K. Rowling. No. Uh, uh J.K. Rowling, not a character on the show okay. yet. But, yet. But theoretically, if that happened, I would absolutely be okay with her piloting. The That's place. fair. Um, no, I, uh, I, I, I'm fine with Clara because Clara did that whole thing where she jumped into the oh, doctor's yeah. timeline and everything. So, so I'm okay with her because I assume she like sucked up some kind of TARDIS knowledge in that process. Um, yeah, really kind of a proto brawn now that I think about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm sort of okay with Adric piloting it because he's a math genius. I just I just detest and, anything Adric does, so I guess that's also part well, of the problem. <laughs> look, that's that is neither here nor there, and I don't I don't disagree with that. Uh Wait, so River Song isn't even on that list. Well, River Song is is Time Lord. Blah blah blah. Okay. Like gotcha. she, Fisk, she belongs Ash, in Time Ash. Lord gobbledygook, like group of. Yeah, she's going there when mass. she dies. Yeah, she's going to that. Com- yeah, yeah. Um. So, uh. But yeah, I, 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 for whatever reason, it doesn't, it doesn't super bother me because Adric is a, supposed to be a math genius. It doesn't bother me that he figures out how to pilot. Um. 
the TARDIS. I don't like that Nissa can, though. Um, mm-hmm. That bothers me. Because uh, she's not like... I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. She's not like a brilliant scientist, no, right? I mean, she makes that machine. Is she? Yeah. And then like Adric doesn't know. And she's what royalty. To do when like helping her, she's like. Yeah, but see, but that's that's the thing, right? It's like I don't, I don't I know. That, I don't like that, that, that there's is more of a like a mechanical, like engineering smarts, and um, Adric is more like theoretical mathematics. Oh. Well, then together, like the power yeah, of two, they can yeah, figure out how to drive the, the TARDIS. That's the joke is that they, they, Tegan, I mean, Nissa hates Adric. I think they all do. <laughs> yeah. I do think Nissa is definitely the least uh, antagonistic mm-hmm. towards Adric. Mm-hmm. Like she has the, the most that... patience, but she generally just has more patience than like any other companion <laughs> ever. She has mm-hmm. a lot of patience. Um, I guess all right, Donna so so we're like we're jumping patient. way Sorry. ahead to part four. <laughs> um, so so uh, okay, so yeah, so the doctor is upset with Adric. Um, Adric for is almost upset. wiping out the Kenda. Right, Adric is upset that uh, the doctor's upset, um, and the doctor is annoyed that he's upset that the doctor's <laughs> upset. Mommy's all right. Daddy's all right. <laughs> yeah. I just seem a little weird. Um, so, but meanwhile, like, like, so, so Tegan's really excited because she thinks she's going to get dropped off in Australia. Uh, like no time has passed. Um, but the TARDIS being what it is, uh, obviously doesn't land where it's supposed to. And, uh, she's really annoyed. Or does it? <laughs> Wink. Uh, right. Well, she gets really annoyed and leaves the TARDIS. And there's this moment that's super weird. Uh, okay. And feels wrong. <laughs> and, but, uh, okay, so let me ask you guys okay. what you think about this. So after Tegan leaves the TARDIS, she throws a big fit about not being in Australia and leaves. And uh, the doctor is basically like, I mean, I can't do anything about it. It's not my fault. The TARDIS does what it wants. And Nissa is like, uh, like, it's like, oh, come on. You you need to go talk to her. She's obviously very upset. And he's like, how is that my problem? And they just look at him. And he's like, ugh, earthlings. And then leaves. And I'm like, neither of the people you're talking to are earthlings. <laughs> That's true. It, it, They're both aliens. <laughs> it's a very, like, trailer joke. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. It, just, it, it only bothers me. The joke itself doesn't bother me. What bothers me is that he's referring to two aliens as earthlings. Yeah, no, and it, that's of anyone who wouldn't make that mistake. Right. Yeah. But, you know, Eric Sayward. Um, he does what he wants. Whatever's going to make the bickering happen. <sighs> that's all he cares about. Um. <laughs> oh, the bickering, though. Like, it's not so bad in this one, but it gets so much worse. Uh huh. You know, it it really does kind of. Um, I know, I know. This crew has has been critical of the, uh, you know, the kind of too cutesy. I, I because I guess the antithesis of this would be like the. I don't know. I, I just think of the Russell T Davis era. Where everyone's like hugging, mm-hmm. or even like you know, like uh, the uh, we we could be kind of a, not the biggest fans of like mm-hmm. the pawns, yeah, but. They're they're they were they were always bantering. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. and as opposed to bickering, mm-hmm. which is so much more constructive, I think. Well, I, I, I mean, I, I, I would argue that Eric Sayward probably believes he's writing banter. But then it comes out. <laughs> oh, off right. As, yeah. Yeah. Isn't, isn't that the director's right. fault, though? Well, mm, I mean, I guess you could blame him, but I don't know how you would turn all of this bickering into banter. That's true. I mean, it just—it really just seems like bickering. I'm saying, I'm saying, Eric, Eric Sayward's not a great character writer. What if after every time the three companions bickered, they had to end it with like a wink and they had to like touch hips? <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. Just like right. boppy. They give a little, like a little bop. Yeah. Little Bob. Yeah, that's a, they they are they are children, and I've never felt that so viscerally than in this story. Like more than any companion, which is weird because they've, you know, the Susan's whatever. We're still unpacking that, but like these these are just so they're so childish. Mm-hmm. Even even like Nissa and Tegan, mm-hmm. that it, it it really does feel like the Doctor is just like in Bebe's kids. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm sorry for mentioning Bebe's kids on a Doctor <laughs> Who podcast. Hey, I'm for it. I used to watch sure. that all the time. Um, so, um, yeah. So they, they he goes outside to apologize to Tegan. Uh, they get attacked by some dudes in the woods, um, and uh, bandits. And 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 five puts on some Pertwee moves, takes them out. Um, Adric does that thing where he gets behind one of them and gets on the ground, and then Tegan and Nyssa push the guy over Adric. <laughs> Again, like like children in yeah. a Santa Claus movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really – actually, you know what? D- Davison and his companions are the – I feel like are like the closest to Santa Claus and his elves, <laughs> the doctor – that doctor who has ever gotten. It It is just – I the reason the reason I because I, I haven't said this yet but I, I really did enjoy this story mm-hmm. is it is so much more fun and playful than the last two that we've covered which have been very like mm-hmm. apocalyptic and mm-hmm. dire true so it was a fun change yeah so they get they get, they 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 trip up some bandits in the woods yeah um they go they they run for it they meet up with uh with the with the actor guy um who is. Pretty great. The best, the best character in this story is is Richard Mace the best character, like the best one off character that we've come across since Pex. Oh gosh. Ooh yes, I definitely think he he's so different from Pex, mm-hmm. but in some ways he's even more of a companion to the, or a foil to the mm-hmm. Doctor than Pex was. Yeah. Yeah. They're actually like would, literally yeah. the opposite because Pex, like R- Richard Mace, is like all about like I don't I don't walk anywhere I don't do anything, and yeah, Pex not, is like literally the... like smashing through walls with his manliness. <laughs> yeah, I'm so like look at my stunts, look at my punches. His and name kicks. is literally <laughs> Pex. Yeah. Did they um? Actually, oh my god, can we can we write the spinoff of of Pex and Richard Mace? <laughs> oh, Pex and Mace. Can we go pitch that to Big Finish, please? (laughs) Oh, my God, please. (laughs) Holy crap. 
Do you do you know oh, the Pex and Richard Mace adventures? I think that should be our first T-shirt. <laughs> Pex and Mace. Oh man! You can't cut through that door. <laughs> I will punch through this door. Oh, oh, he did it! <laughs> he did it again. Do you oh know if he got like the drinking. same actor to do this? The, the Richard Mace character as the audio plays because this guy has a it, great voice. Yeah, it doesn't say um, in the information that I have, so I I do not know oh. for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. But I don't I don't think so. I, I feel like if they had, that would have mm. come up in this. Because as soon as you said audio plays, like uh, it made sense because this this actor mm-hmm. has like a voice that's made for like audio plays. I feel like. Like he's really yeah. good. It I could be. Yeah, yeah. He, he's be. sort of in that in that tradi- in that grand tradition of like John mm. Hurt, yeah. mm-hmm. or like just like he's in that generation of actors that were just able to make everything like sing classically trained and classically trained. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Richard Mace is was an actor, but has since resorted to basically becoming a highwayman. Yeah. Yeah, just a, a bandit, and maybe presumably even like a killer. Yeah, he takes uh, them to his barn, um, <laughs> where he's hiding out. Yeah. Uh, that's actually whenever I think of this story, that's what I think of is like Richard, like a out of work actor in a barn. That's what I think of. Yeah, I feel like and we spend reason... a lot of time <laughs> with Richard Mason Barnes <laughs> in this story. We really do. The, also, he didn't. You know, the out of work actors correctly so have a have a reputation for being like oh untalented or like lazy but he 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 is an out of work actor because of the bubonic plague right the plague literally like killed a third of the planet or something right i know that's that's like alex jones level of like historical <laughs> accuracy but like just, i don't know there's something so endearing about a man who's like well the you know they all died so i just became a highwayman Right, a gent- the most gentlemanly of thieves. Yeah, you know, you know, this guy is like just like, uh, like, like wooing widows like left and right. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, like just Cyrano de Bergeracking the shit out of like everything. Yeah, just like 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 you know like wi- widows like running like the local tavern or something like. Mm-hmm. Hello, yeah, this guy. Anon. That's, that's what I imagine what his life was before then. Oh my gosh! Um, but uh, I, yeah, no, I'm I'm a big fan of uh, I'm a big fan of Richard Mace. He's pretty great. Um, I Richard Mace. He's pretty great. He's pretty great. Um, so yeah, I mean, the rest of this is basically like Richard Mace is like, hey, that like we should go to this mansion place and go check this out. So they go there. And then uh, the doctor gets distracted by a cool wall, like literally a wall. Um, yeah. He like finds a wall and he's like, oh, this is interesting. And ever and, and his companions are like, neat. Yeah. We're going to keep walking. <laughs> and then they okay, keep Dad. they keep going. And they're like, they're like, what? What? Why isn't the doctor coming? He's like, he's distracted by a wall. I don't know. It's weird. He's weird. Um and then they go back for him, but he's not there anymore. And then they get locked in the hallway by the heavy breathing dude. Um, the shape. Yeah. Uh, they get locked in like this hallway that is like stairways into a, stairways into a wall. 
And they're like, uh, doctor? And then that's our cliffhanger, which the is... The dumbest cliffhanger. It's so dumb. It's so dumb, but it's worth it for the payoff oh, in yeah. episode two. <laughs> the Visitation Part 2. Written by Eric Seward. Directed by Peter Moffat. Produced by John Nathan Turner. Script edited by Anthony Root. Air date, February 16th, 1982. The Doctor reappears through what is revealed to be not a wall, but a holographic energy barrier. Everyone joins the Doctor inside the cellar, where they find caged rats and a machine emitting soliton gas. The group is then attacked by an android dressed as a skeleton, stunning Tegan, and much more easily, stunning Adric. Adric and Tegan awaken to be questioned by a Terepetil about the Doctor. Meanwhile, the Doctor and the others find the, terep- the Armadillo Lizard's ship, but are soon attacked by the villagers from before. The group escape into the woods to find the TARDIS, with the villagers still in pursuit. Nyssa begins to construct a sonic booster that they believe the android who likes to dress as a skeleton will be destroyed by. Meanwhile, the Doctor and Richard May steal a horse and begin to ride it back to the manor, but are captured by the villagers, who believe the Doctor and Richard Mace to be plague carriers, which statistically may be correct, and decide to execute them. So episode two starts with the Doctor literally just popping out of the wall and being like, yes? <laughs> Hello? Because the wall's a hologram. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's amazing. I'll never leave you. Santa will never leave his babies. <laughs> it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Um, I'm the nice one. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this episode. Um, I There's, like, a lot of really good stuff in this, this episode. Um, I think it might be episode two and episode four might be my two favorites, mm. I think, of, of if these. If you have to choose. Um, but I like I like episode two. Uh, I like that. I like the bit where Richard where Richard Mace finds finds um, like a like a barrel of of beer and and he's drinking it and Adric's like, "What's that taste like?" And he says, "Nectar." And he goes, "Oh, what's that <laughs> taste like?" I'm just like, "Oh, you stupid child! <laughs> you stupid ignorant child! You uh, dumb genius!" I love it. I love it. So good. Um, and then one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite lines, and I'm sure that it 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 was meant to be like a like a gross misogynistic thing, but I just took it as like Tegan's a really kind of like <laughs> dumb, goofy character. Um, but the bit where uh, where she gets um, kidnapped by the fish armadillo and the fish armadillo says you're being a very stupid woman and he's, she goes that's not the first time I've heard <laughs> that. or that's not a very original observation <laughs> which I'm just like the, oh poor you, Tegan you know yeah like bringing it back to this not being banter there are some like grade A flame emojis yes. <laughs> yeah uh huh and we'll, we'll we'll get to them as they happen, but just oh man, something I wanted to point out. It's not a very original <laughs> observation. Oh god, <laughs> this I'll be honest. I this might be Tegan at her absolute best is in this story. Oh really? 
I love her in this. I think oh. she's great. I was going to say, like, um, I I feel bad for Tegan, even though I don't really like Tegan all that much, because, like, uh-huh. we just, like, this, with this pit, this picks up right after Kinda. So, like, her brain's right. been invaded, <laughs> and she's like, oh, that's weird. And then she gets kidnapped and interrogated by, like, a fish lizard. Right, yeah. but that was kind of the companion's lot back then. Yeah. Yeah. At least that's what I'm starting to gather, is that they really were captured and brainwashed, like, a lot more than than the revival has shown. There, there's something about, like, the, the, the added... Um, element of Tegan being told she would be going home and now she's just not having yeah. any of this. And there, yeah, there's she something wants to go back to Heathrow. Yeah. There's something that I just really love about Tegan being fed up with all this, with, all, with, with all of this time travel on this MFing TARDIS. Um, <laughs> That's fair. Like, I just feel bad for her. Just leave, just, let her have a good day. <laughs> you know, I know. Um, and, I mean, she does have good stories, like, in other ones, mm-hmm. uh, in other episodes. I mean, she's great in Enlightenment, but um, there's something there's something about this particular uh, Tegan that I'm just, I'm a big <laughs> fan of. She's, uh, like, the right kind of, of grumpy. Mm-hmm. She's I don't like, mean, like, as a um, person, but, like, as a character. She's, I, I think this episode is Tegan at her most Donna. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, yeah. Yeah. And I like that. Um, yeah, so that's, uh, that's good. Uh, I love Richard Mace being tired and, and the doctor just constantly threatening to leave him behind. Um, big fan of that. <laughs> Not for, for a highwayman. He, he really doesn't like walking. Um, says he's not built for it. It's really sad. Um, but, uh, I don't know what else, what else you guys got for this episode? I I thought it was very out of character um, for the doctor to just straight up leave his unconscious companions behind, or, or like not even yeah. take one of them. Just like, all oh. right, well, I'll leave both of them. Oh, see that? See that? The, for some reason, that struck me as like quintessentially oh, really? doctor. Hmm. Where it's like, I'll I'll run it back, man. <laughs> Everything will work out. It's fine. I'm the doctor. When have I never not seen one of these like buttheads again after like, <laughs> leaving them in the woods or in a temple built by aliens? Mm, about two stories from now. Um. <laughs> Somebody um, dies. And I also I really like starts with uh, the end of the episode where it's like execute them and the doctor's just like ah oh, not again and then that's just how it ends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ah, uh, not again. Literally, yeah. not again. Because <laughs> you're watching it as a viewer and you're like, yeah, I know. Same. Seriously. <laughs> so, so sick of this cliffhanger. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the execution threat cliffhanger, um, it's, uh, it, it wears on you mm-hmm. after a while. Uh, mm-hmm. it definitely Beheading does. to be, to be, to be specific. Yeah. Yeah. But just in general, executions, oh, totally. it's all the time. It's like at least once it's, a story, it seems like one of the It's probably not even that. the first time it's happened to Richard Mace. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> probably. True. He seems like someone that's like run away from his own like execution, like Jack Sparrow style. Yeah. 
He is a little Jack Sparrowy, isn't he? Yeah. Hmm. Like in the first one, before before it before yeah. it wasn't fun. Oh anymore. my god. Oh my god. Okay. Furthering our spinoff okay. idea. Richard Mace as a as a pirate captain with <laughs> with Tex as his first mate. <laughs> Absolutely. He puts the he put he puts the seven seas to rights. Yeah. Picks. Take those barrels of rum and put them in my chambers. I'll do it. I'll do it like kicking soccer balls. <laughs> Try not to destroy my door this time. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, we have to get to the bit where they're they they, they escape. Where the uh. doctor uh I don't. I know that's not in part two. But. All right. Well, that's uh, that's that's part three. So, anything else for part two? I didn't have a lot of notes. It's just a lot of fun. It's like running around and like escaping and mm-hmm. avoiding townspeople and it, yeah. Yeah, it's a lark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do love that the townspeople are in a perpetual state of the third act of yes. Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have no chill at all. No, no. They're just like. I mean, we're just standing around with these torches. Um, but are we just going to sit here and wait until he does? No, we're going to find people to run out of town. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> yeah, I love it. Town. Um, <laughs> is it. Which episode is it revealed that uh, that the, uh, the, the fish armadillos are responsible for uh, the plague rats? That the bubonic plague is like an alien virus that they let loose. Um, I think that the doctor finds rats in the basement in part two. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's their plan is they're going to like take over Earth by killing all the humans by using an alien virus uh, that is later it's named the bubonic plague. plague. The plague still exists, but they like genetically engineer it so it's like super plague. So that's oh. what they're putting in the little vials, and they want to like distribute oh. it. Go free, okay. my little rat friends. Yes, rat friends. <laughs> um, rat, rat, rat. All right. What, what was it called? What, what was the original episode called? Rat plague. Uh, that was that was the second. <laughs> that was the rat second title. Plague rats. The fir- <laughs> the first one was invasion of the plague men. <laughs> oh, okay. Do you imagine just sing, like watching new Doctor Who intro and like, rat, plague. <laughs> rat plague? Yeah, I like know. Treehouse of Horror font. I know. That's what I was uh, saying earlier. Be that's something funny. else. Um. So episode three, the Visitation, part three, written by Eric Sayward, directed by Peter Moffat, produced by John Nathan Turner, script edited by Anthony Root, air date. February 22nd, 1982. The armadillo lizard sends villagers under his control to save the doctor and Richard Mace from execution, locking them inside of an old mill. The armadillo lizard places a bracelet on Tegan identical to ones worn by Richard Mace and the villagers. Adric escaped, I guess, and is now helping Nyssa build a sonic booster. The android is now dressed like a grim reaper and takes the doctor and Richard Mace back to the manor where Tegan is now under the armadillo lizard's control. The armadillo lizard tells the doctor that its plan is to kill all life on earth and rule over the earth after no people are on it. The lizard then destroys the doctor's beloved sonic screwdriver never to be seen again in the history of the series. 
the lizard explains that it will wipe out humanity using plague-infested fleas to infest rats who will then infest the humans infesting Earth. Controlled by the bracelet, Tegan opens a cage carrying the plague-infested fleas who are now infesting the rats. Um, so the group elder just, like, shows up and he's like, don't do this. And they're like, why? <laughs> he's like, because I want to do it later. They're like, um, legit. <laughs> I mean, we could just do it now. Like, no, I'm, why are you sassing me, boy? I'm the elder of the group. And he's like, all right, chill. Jeez, man. Yeah. Come on. He's like, cool, put them in a cell. And they do. <laughs> and like, that's how they get out of it. Like, it's. And, yeah. And Richard Mace is like, well, I'm going to die in here, just like I never wanted to. And the doctor's like, mm-hmm. oh, hold on. <laughs> I... And how does he How does he get a gun? Who gives him a gun? Oh, that you're thinking, that's in part four, I think. Yeah, that's, yeah. Part, oh, that's, in that's part another. Four. That's okay. another room. I'm sorry. I... Yeah. <laughs> they're trapped in a lot of rooms, and they all look yeah. the same, to be it's fair like to you. It's like the same three rooms, um, just like the so set is rotated. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, they just yeah they take three walls and they just resituate <laughs> the walls, um, and they're like it's a new room and 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 we're all collectively going, is it? Um, because we actually don't know. Um, so the uh, Nissa in the TARDIS and she's just like moving furniture around, <laughs> um, which. <laughs> She's like making room. She's like, well, I'm going to have to make room for this bomb. And I'm like, I'm, I'm just like watching. It was like script come in a little light there. Right. Say word. <laughs> yeah. Like what? <laughs> you, I, I don't know, man. I'm constant. I, and I, I, I get it. I get that limited resources and the work that they've been able to do is insane still. Mm-hmm. And so much of it holds up. That being said. The, the 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 con the, the premise of the show, I think, can do more than just like how many rooms do they need to be locked in, in one story. Um, I don't know. I mean, it happens in classic Who a lot. Like either the Doctor mm-hmm. or the companion just yeah. like, getting trapped because it's also like trying to figure out how to stretch your story out over like four or multiple parts, you know? So if you don't have a really good premise with a lot of stuff also happening in like the B and C plots, it's just a lot of people stuck in locked rooms. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but I, I, I get, I get what Scott was saying. It does. It yeah. feels light. Yeah. Yeah. So she's moving furniture around. And uh, my note is uh, is basically just like this is the most 1980s furniture I've ever seen. Like it feels like they took it off the set of Goodfellas <laughs> um, and just moved it into here. Um, like it is just everything is like glass and gold. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, that's uh, that was considered like high class in the 80s is uh, glass and gold furniture. <sighs> Yeah. Yeah. It was a different time. Or glass or glass and brass, I guess. Um, grass, brass, and ass. <laughs> Bra- brass and glass. Uh, but yeah, it's super 80s furniture. Um, like, furniture that was new in the 80s. Whereas, like, if you watch 80s movies, usually the furniture in the 80s movies are from the yeah. 70s. Um, but, but this is like, if you bought new furniture in the 80s, this is what it looked like. <laughs> 
like uh, I don't know. I was just I was real. I was like, it's it's weird to see this like, you know, contemporary for the time furniture. Sure. In the right. TARDIS, <laughs> like it's just so weird and out of place. Also, their bedroom is right off the off the control room, the console room. That's so funny. Um, I guess I'd never thought about because that bed is so ugly. Yeah, it's super <laughs> ugly. Yeah. Um, has a matching shelf, though. Of course. Naturally. Yeah. Of course. I mean, they're not animals. Um, so the sonic screwdriver gets destroyed in this episode. And uh, and he, the dog's just like, it's like I've lost an old friend. <laughs> and I'm like, mm. I mean, you'd go and make another one if you were really that concerned about it. Um <laughs> I guess they hadn't decided that the TARDIS could do that yet, but sure. I do, I do like that as a thing that changed in modern who, like I, like, you know, as a, as a element, was it Moffat who invented that idea that the TARDIS can like build a I sonic so, screwdriver? Because, um, isn't that an 11th hour thing? Yeah, I think, I think so. I mean, I know it's in the eleventh hour. I, I what I mean is like I I don't remember it happening yeah, prior yeah, to yeah. that. Yeah. So I really uh, I really like that. I think don't that's the the ninth cool. and the tenth Doctor have the same Sonic, right? Or very similar. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it. It. I. I think it's supposed to be exactly the same. Um, there are people who disagree mm. and say they're different. I. I don't. I. No. It's the I blue light so. up tip I, instead I, of the weird like thing that matt smith has so it's right. the same thing <laughs> exactly exactly i think it's the same thing we're kind of like hey, the claw the claw, Aww. The claw. um the claw. <laughs> so that's got to be on youtube right? <laughs> probably somewhere um so this uh this cliffhanger is um the doctor and uh, and, and Richard Mace together again in another uh, another uh, cell or just another room. I don't know. They're locked in another room. And uh, Fish Armadillo t- puts a cage in their room and is like telling – has it hypnotized Tegan or is like controlling Tegan with the little like mind control armband yeah. thing. Um, and is like saying like <laughs> open this case really slowly. <laughs> Uh, and and inside the little cage, um, are uh, playgrounds, yeah. and if he lets them out, they're gonna get the plague and die. Playgrounds also carries the tradition of uh, Doctor Who names that would be good punk bands. That's true. The playgrounds. That's nice. pretty good. It's mm-hmm. a pretty nice punk band name for sure. I like that. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Any other thoughts hey, on uh, think, episode three? Think, think, think about everything punk rock stands for and like represents. <laughs> Adric is the opposite of that. <laughs> I think Adric is the least punk thing I can. Like, oh yeah, no. I mean, I mean that kid. That kid shows up at a at a punk show, and everyone is just like, "Oh, he's a narc. He's a total narc." <laughs> yeah, a, get him out of here. Doogie Howser of narcs. Yeah, get him out of here. The Doogie Hauser of narcs. I don't even know what that <laughs> means. Just because Doogie Hauser was like a a, a, a <laughs> yeah kid doctor. Oh. So like, so he's the kid doctor of narcs. <laughs> yeah, he, he's a narc who. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I, I For some reason in my brain, narc meant like an undercover cop and not just like someone who's going to like tap. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. He's – yeah, okay. So then Jump Street probably <laughs> should have been a better – Yeah, he's in Jump Street yeah. basically. <laughs> Although I guess Jump Street is the opposite of Doogie Howser. Oh, yeah, because they're older people yeah. pretending to be right. young. Yeah. All right. All right. I'll ba- I'll- well, Dookie Houser wasn't pretending to be right. old. I mean, he was very upfront about his <laughs> yeah. age. All right. I'll back you. I'll back it. Okay. I don't even know what point I'm making. <laughs> I'm anymore. on board. Um. So. Uh, so yeah. Any other Any other thoughts on episode three? Um. I don't think so. This was a yes. sparse one. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Do we very sparse? You know, since the since the sonic screwdriver has come back, I I've rarely been like, oh come on, like it's it's rarely been grown mm-hmm. grown inducing for me. I, I don't think it was ever grown inducing. I think it's way more grown inducing if you introduce the doctor having magic pockets. <laughs> sure. Um, Hasn't like like you know what we could use to get out of this situation a tuna fish sandwich. Man. Good thing I've got one Hasn't in my he pocket. Always had magic pockets though, because isn't that like Tom Baker's shtick? Like, well, yeah, but well, that was weird. no. I he doesn't. I don't. I, he doesn't really have magic pockets in that one. He just has like a bunch of like garbage in, a, yeah. in his pockets. I mean, it's like, like Hagrid's coat. Like he's just got like fifty million pockets, and just. Like random crap. Cakes. In it. I'm not. Cakes I, with I, different <laughs> children's names spelt wrong. I like that they've simplified that to the uh, the uh, psychic paper mm. and yeah, the sonic screwdriver. I, I like that because it's it's just more like iconic Doctor Who. It's not like he's just a just like a street yeah. magician well, like, or something. That's, <laughs> that's why I ask because I associate like doctors pulling random crap out of their pockets with Tom Baker. Because that's usually like his right, well. right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Episode four. <laughs> the Visitation, Part Four, written by Eric Sayward, directed by Peter Moffat, produced by John Nathan Turner, script edited by Anthony Root. Air date February twenty third, nineteen eighty two. The doctor disables Tegan's bracelet. The armadillo lizard leaves to infect a nearby city, sending the android who likes dressing like skeletons best of all to deal with the TARDIS. Richard Mace tells the others that the city to be infested is London, the most important city in the Doctor Who universe. The android wearing a Grim Reaper costume arrives, but is quickly dispatched by the sonic booster, finished by Nessa despite the help of Adric. Using the scanner that Adric so foolishly dropped back in episode one, the doctor locates the armadillo lizard only to be attacked by two additional armadillo lizards. During the fight, the doctor knocks over a torch, which falls onto some hay, thus accidentally starting the Great Fire of London. Accidentally. The doctor and his children throw the gas container into the inferno with the armadillo lizard still inside, leaving them to burn alive. Back on the TARDIS, his companions suggest that perhaps they should go back and help put out the fire. The Doctor refuses, because that's just not how these things work. Good night, everybody. Um, so one thing we haven't talked about, uh, but I have to bring it up in this one, is um, the android wearing a skull yes. mask because he's pretending to be the Grim Reaper. Um, 
It's one of the greatest things I've ever seen in Doctor Who. <laughs> Great. Yes. But also, like, surprisingly, uh, really on, on brand for Halloween season. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's actually true, yeah. Um, that would be... I think if anyone went to a Doctor Who convention dressed as... The robot dressed as the Grim the, Reaper. <laughs> yeah, the fish armadillo android dressed as the Grim Reaper, I That's would amazing. bow down to them. Um because that would be the most amazing costume ever. Um, no, I just I, – I, I love it. Like I love that he's just like strolling up to the TARDIS still wearing <laughs> his mask. <laughs> and it's like – it's just like a, like a Halloween face mask. Like it's just, a, just like a little like plastic mm-hmm. skull mask that he has on the front of his robot helmet, his robot head. Oh, it's great. I love it so good. much. Yeah. Now, see, if the Cybermen had been dressed like this, uh, then I would have understood that, that, oh, that's why he thinks they're the Piper. Um, the Piper! The Piper! Uh. <laughs> he was cute. See, why can't I have him like that? <laughs> no one can be like Jamie. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Jamie, Jamie's, Jamie's a special little boy. Um, you know, the doctor could really use an overhaul. Maybe now, with 13, maybe she can have kind of like a Nanny McPhee thing going on where she like takes rowdy, <laughs> rough boys and like turns them into like. <laughs> That'd be great. I would love that. Time heroes. Yeah. Um, so Nissa has been building this thing for three episodes, um, in the TARDIS. And, uh, basically, like, this. I, I, I. Okay, I'll be honest. I lost the thread as far as like why she was building it in the first place. It's but like she's a building giant this thing. sonic screwdriver. Okay. Mm-hmm. But then the the robot comes toward the TARDIS, and Adric tries to stop him from getting in, but he like he beats down Adric and gets his mask torn off, and he's real upset about it because um, he was having fun playing dress up. But then he goes into the TARDIS. And then as soon as he walks in, Nissa turns on mm-hmm. the sonic device, which turns into, like, the Xavier seizure from Logan. <laughs> With the camera just okay. shaking. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and, uh, and then, and, and it, it, it kills the android and she's real upset about it. And Adric's like, why are you upset? He was going to kill you. And he's like, but it wasn't his fault. He was just programmed that way. I was just like, oh, man, he wasn't alive. Nissa, he was an <laughs> idiot. He was a robot. Nissa and I have opposite about? feelings on robots. Because um, Nissa loves robots, and I hate robots. Let it die. <laughs> <laughs> she does love robots. I, it, you know what? It is, it is a travesty that Nissa oh never God. met K-9. Oh, man. Let's have that spinoff. Well, I think it's a tragedy that... Yeah. Uh, well, there already was, and I you know wanted what? to do a podcast about it. N- Nissa, Nissa meets Sarah Aww. Jane and, and K9, and they go on Bless. adventures together. Yeah, yeah, that'd be that'd be fun. Um, but uh, yeah, I and then and then that's the end of the Sonic device thing. Like, 
Why did she spend three episodes building this? To, to get rid of the shooty robot? I don't I don't know. That she didn't know was gonna be coming to the TARDIS? I don't know. <laughs> okay, so so I okay, so there's a thing there's a thing in, in, in boxing well not in, in fighting in general, but I, and I'm not I'm not like condescending, but just in case you know you guys don't know, but you know, it's called the weigh in mm. where like they have to the the fighters have to get get on a scale in front of like reporters and mm-hmm. everything and it's usually like a photo op. Right, 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 right. right. I remember that. And some every sometime, <laughs> Yes, of course. And sometimes if a fighter is like nervous about not being heavy enough to qualify for their division or you know vice versa, they'll like, you know, lose weight if they're like worried about being too much. They'll like pack on Basically, what I'm saying is the, the, the script is even lighter than it appears mm-hmm. originally. Because yeah. then you realize how much of it is already padding. Yeah. Yeah, but, but because, like, this whole sonic device in the TARDIS thing, I mean, it's literally the equivalent of, like, boxers putting leads in their pockets for the <laughs> weigh-in. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, it's It's such a weird... Uh, it's such a weird thing. Because, um, yeah, it goes nowhere. I mean, I, how did she know the robot was going to come? Like, they obviously didn't want the android to come into the TARDIS because Adric tried to stop it. So right. it wasn't a trap. It just <laughs> it was weird. Weird, weird idea. Um, it literally just took time up. It just ran the clock. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So then, as soon as they they kill the android, and they're like, "Well, uh, I guess we should go save uh, the doctor and Tegan." And then they try to make the TARDIS go, and it won't go. And this is like, "Well, what would the doctor do?" And Adric is like, "Oh, right." And then the he console, punches yeah. the console, and, and then like, it works. Oh, brilliant! Yeah. But she doesn't even sound like. <laughs> no, she's. It's more like, <laughs> yeah. oh, brilliant. What does the doctor always Aww. do with me? <laughs> oh no! Um, I'm kidding. The there is a really good appear. moment though when the when the TARDIS is having trouble appearing in front of the doctor, and 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 uh, Tegan Tegan goes, "You should really get that yeah. crate serviced." You know, <laughs> like I just I love that she refers to it as a crate <laughs> because it's a box, and <laughs> I. I I I just I I love when when uh, Doctor Companions refer to the TARDIS, which is just this absolutely incredible machine, mm-hmm. as a hunk of junk. I'm a big fan. Well, of Well, I love the mm-hmm. that scene where the robot breaks into the TARDIS because you can tell how old the prop is because it just like it's like two seconds from falling mm-hmm. over, like the doors fly open. Yeah. And it just like shudders, like the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Do they get a new prop with I think so. uh, Six? Did Six get a new? Yeah, because his, his TARDIS is like a really, like yeah, almost yeah, yeah. a powder blue, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, they're nearing the end of uh, that whole situation. Um, I, uh, uh, yeah, so I like that. And then we basically, everything comes to a close by them following the. Um, fish armadillos to london and uh they go inside like this bakery where they're hiding <laughs> my out my favorite warren zevon song is uh <laughs> armadillo lizards of london oh we didn't talk about um the doctor uh, shooting the lock off the door 
Which I assume is what Nick wanted to talk about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bad ass. I never miss. The doctor, I am all about the doctor using guns as tools. I just think that's so Mm. perfect. Like... He, that he can look at a gun and be like, okay. That's the second time oh, he's I done that this this season of the show, of, of, of uh, TDC. Yeah. Because three mm-hmm. did that with uh, oh, yeah. in Inferno. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. 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 You it's know, like, I do. There's almost I like something that. like. I think, yeah, yeah, I like that too. That's a good point, Nick. It's, it's like logical, but it's also like, mm-hmm. like rebellious. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I'm, I'm not going to use this thing the way that you would think it. I'm going to use it this way. Right. No, that's good. I like that. I quite like that. Um, yeah, so then they go to London. They go to the bakery, uh, which is apparently historically accurate that the that the Great Fire of London started in a bakery. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess good on Eric Sayward for uh, dating Historical a woman accuracy. who did all that work. Um, yeah. <clears throat> all that research. And then just using and then just uh, using it, yeah. Um, uh, so, <laughs> I'm not saying Richard. I'm not saying Richard Mace caused the London fire. I'm not saying that. But <laughs> did he make it worse? I think that's entirely possible. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do. I like. I I. I mean, this is kind of a thing with the Davison era is that they keep finding themselves at the cusp of a historical event and then learning that they are, in fact, the cause of said <laughs> historical event. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's always fun. And, uh, yeah, so the, uh, the I, I, I do like the audacity of suggesting that the Great Fire of London and the bubonic plague are – like kind of intrinsically linked through a Doctor Who story. It's pretty great. Yeah. I'm a big fan of that. Um so yeah, like it's uh really just a just a fun ride. Mm-hmm. Uh it's even it's the padding even the padding yeah, isn't like exhausting. Like it's entertaining padding at the very I least. think it also helps that it's only four episodes and too, you know, instead of like seven. Mm-hmm. Right. That was cool. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it, been a it, while. <laughs> and compared to, and even, and it's hard to remember. It took it took me a minute, but uh, it's it's like a little bit more sci-fi than Kendo, which was like basically fantasy, which is not not something that I'm like against on Doctor Who, clearly. But it's it it, it was it was like a cool like oh yeah mm-hmm. like a, a plague and like aliens. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah like it i think um of the one-off villains that i would love to see brought back in new who um i think the fish armadillos are are near the top of the list i would love for them to look like how they wanted them to look in this (laughs) like kind of like how with bb8 they were like oh now we can do like a, yeah. a ball, a droid that's a ball. Like, I, I, I would like to see what these were meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, w- I just, I would love the fish armadillos to come back. And, I mean, you know, the top of the list is probably yes. the monk. Um, I always forget about which, him. Which, 
Yeah, I know. Uh, who who you haven't met yet, uh, Nick, but you will, and yeah. he's pretty great. Um, and uh, yeah, the top of the list would probably be the monk and the Ronnie, but mm. you know, I like these fish armadillos. I think I think they're mentioned they're a fun. couple times. And they, they've got kooky yeah. Android assistants. They're mentioned a couple times in New Hair. <laughs> yeah. I think you're right. Like when they just like random somebody randomly yeah, spouts yeah. off some like, like alien um, species. I think, I think yeah. in the first Matt Smith finale, the Pandorica one, where River Song's just like reading off all the different races and stuff, and I'm like, oh hey, Tara Leptis from that one episode. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know if I would want They're them cool. to be they are cool. who though, because I feel like the design is kind of similar to it's like Silurians and Ice Warriors squished together, kind of. Mm. Um. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where's that story? You know that being we squished them together. But that be that being said, oh, it's a no. horrible Dalek experiment. Um. The, the Daleks, the, the Daleks, the Daleks. It's an episode directed by Tim science? Burton. It's a it's an episode directed by Tim Burton, and they're just they've gone oh full Mars gosh. attacks. Um, yeah, they're just experimenting on. Uh, on oh different. my god, the doc two Daleks on top of one another disguised <laughs> as, as a woman. <laughs> Be amazing. Um, I uh, 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 what was I going to say? Oh man, I lost my train of thought. Um, okay. I don't remember. Anyway, uh, <laughs> womp womp. Uh, but uh, I, uh, yeah. So I, 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 I do. I really, I really like this story. Um, I think it's fun. Mm-hmm. Even the padding is pretty fun. Um, it is. I think it's unfortunate that this is the only story to ever be completely written by Eric Sayward because I think that him being script editor and not being able to get credit for being a writer or getting to write a script from, from Mm -hmm. page one, um, I think sent him down a path of becoming more and more, uh, disgruntled and yeah. And vindictive. Yeah. I think I, I honestly think it turned him into a bad person. Um, cause I think he just got tired of, having all of these other people get to write stuff and him not yeah. get to write anything. Mm. Became <clears throat> real Eric Seward. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Um, but uh, we'll get to talk about oh, Eric Seward again next week. I can't. Can't wait. <laughs> when we talk about... <laughs> no. Dragon Bones. No. The Mark of the Ronnie. Oh, the Mark of... Oh, I got it backwards. Okay. Yeah. The Mark of the Ronnie. Uh, which will be the last time we ever talk about the Ronnie um, or Ronnie story, unless she comes back and knew who, but it, I, it will 100% not be the last time we talk about the Ronnie. Is there a, is there a Ronnie yeah, story guess, in um, Big Finish? Y- yes, oh. but just recently, I think. Um, so it would be a really long time That's before fair. we would get to it. And I forget which doctor it Never is. Never mind. Um, I know. I think it's okay. seven. That makes I sense. Think. I'm pretty pretty sure. I know we haven't recorded it yet, but can we call the episode uh, <laughs> Run, Ronnie, Run? Uh, we don't title episodes anymore. <laughs> I know, but can we just do it for that one? <laughs> oh, boy. Um 
Run, run, <laughs> Ronnie. It's run, run, Rudolph. Um, run, run, run. That has to be. That, that has to exist, right? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, if the God. doctor in distress exists, um, why not run, run, Ronnie? Uh, anyway, go go check out our <laughs> Facebook group. Um, we post things about Doctor Who there and talk about stuff. Uh, so go go check that out. Um, uh, it's just the doctor's the doctor's companion listener society. There's a link to it in the show notes. So go check that out and uh, check out our other shows. I guess we don't plug those enough. Um, Spider-Man Minute is uh, yeah, ending this week. Um, the f- yeah. Yeah, thanks. Uh, first season. And then uh, Nick and I's new show, uh, The Cornetto Minute, where we're going to be talking about Shaun of the Dead one minute at a time, uh, starts up nice. the week after. Um, so that means that we've covered all of Spaced. So if you like Spaced, you should go subscribe to The Cornetto Minute and go listen to the backlog of 14 episodes of us covering Spaced. Yeah. Yeah. Nick has no opinion on our show, apparently. <laughs> I'm a fan. It's fine. I mean, it's fine. No, it's fine. Our um, website was down, but now it's back up, so you can you can go on it. Mm. The website was down? Yeah, before we started recording, DuelingGenre.com was, wasn't, the link wasn't working, but now everything's back to normal. Hmm. Oh. Okay. That's good. Um... And uh, Cass, when is uh, when is when is uh, I when haven't is announced it yet, but uh, next year. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Next year, right? Let yeah. me enjoy okay. my vacation. All right, fair enough. Take your time. <laughs> yeah. Take 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 your goddamn time. Um, Don't take this from me. It's fine. Don't take. Settle this down from over me. there. <laughs> yeah. So settle down over there with your <sighs> full year of podcasting. Pretty much. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, chill out. Um, have a good holiday. Um, all right. Well, uh, I think that's it. Uh, we will we will be back uh, next week uh, to talk about the mark of the Ronnie. Our time has Ronnie'd out. Mm. It's another historical one. Well, that's true. Yeah. Good. That's I love true. those. Um, I love when they try to make these work historically. Yeah. But if I if I remember correctly, it's mostly yeah, just boring, like I think. Dirty peasants and like mining riots. Yeah, right, dirty it's, peasants. It's like, right. Yeah. Mining riots? Something yeah. boring? Well, you'll you'll find out. I'll see. You.